This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season five, entitled Mindset for Execution. As most of you all know, here at the Selking Performance Group, we are all about helping individuals, teams, and organizations really understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership to unleash performance excellence. And we work with individuals from the locker room to the boardroom, so from the sports space to the business space. And over the course of this season, we've just had the opportunity to hear from incredible individuals who are really building a mindset for execution, not only in in their own worlds, because they're showing up to deliver their best consistently themselves, but they're also leading other organizations, again, from the locker room to the boardroom, from CEO Joe Magnaca with Massage Envy, to Josh Lifrak with the Chicago Cubs, to today's guest, which is Miss Heather Macy, who is a former basketball coach, actually the winningest women's basketball coach at East Carolina University, who is now an author, a culture coach, and still a basketball coach. I mean, like they they feel like when they tell you, you know, once an athlete, always an athlete, once a coach, always a coach. Um, but she recently released a new book called Two Feet Forward, Everyday Lessons in Leadership that I would love for you to check out. And that'll be in the episode notes for you to do so. So here shortly, we are going to dive into an incredible conversation with Heather and really understanding what helped take her game as a coach to another level. And how is she learning to apply that in her new world, again, as an author and a coach out out in the business world, basically. And so cannot wait to dive into that conversation with her because she's just an incredible high energy woman. Before we do, though, I just want to touch back on our the exciting news that we launched last week with the Selking Performance Group virtual coaching course. So the first cohort of individuals that we are launching, if you are hearing this for the first time... Lean in because we are just thrilled to make this announcement that yes, indeed, we are launching our first ever virtual coaching program that is going to last um, from April 29th to September for one of the first home football games at Notre Dame. So over the course of those five months together, you're going to have the opportunity to work with myself, with Dr. Terry Linhart, and with Todd Manners, who are all performance coaches at the Selking Performance Group, and really walk through a group setting. So we're going to do virtual group training sessions with a cohort of 10 to 12 individuals that we are taking applications for. So this is the urgent part, right? We are taking applications over the next couple weeks, and And this is going to be a selective process to really make sure that we get a great group together for this first launch. Again, first ever time doing this, and we want the right group of individuals. Well, who are the right group, right? The right group are passionate, driven people that are ready to lean in to your own growth in your mindset and in your leadership and people who are going to be willing to invest not only in themselves, but in the development of the rest of your team members in this group that we're putting together, because you're going to get to to network with each other over the course of those six months. And then we're going to have a celebration here in South Bend, Indiana to again, celebrate the six, five to six months that we spend together, learning and growing and challenging each other in our mind mindset and our leadership and the plans that you're going to put together for your own life. And then we're going to come to South Bend for a home football game to celebrate. Yes, tickets are included. No transportation and hotel are no, are not. So let's get that out there. But let's walk through what this is all going to include. So Again, you're going to receive a new accountability team of like-minded professionals. You're going to get two group coaching sessions, and then you're going to get three leadership profile assessments 
including five individual coaching sessions. And then again, that celebratory party here for a home football game at Notre Dame. Um, session one is going to be mindset with mindset for leadership with myself. And that's going to be that team session. Then you're going to go into two one-on-ones with Dr. Terry Linhart, where you'll talk about investing in a leader. So that's yourself and then leading the leader, right? So leading yourself and what that means and looks like, and really putting together some specific individualized plans for yourself on the goals that you have, again, for your your own growth, but also the growth of the team or the organization for which you're a part of. Then you're going to go into two sessions with Todd Manners, where you're going to talk about mindset to methods, Um, again, really clarifying those goals and objectives, and then 2020 growth. So putting together a growth plan for how you're going to attack really the rest of 2019 and going into 2020 poised and ready to deliver a whole new level of yourself. Then you're going to go reflecting on the learner as an individual session with Dr. Linhart, and then we'll wrap up together again as a team with 2020 Mindset with myself, with Dr. Linhart, and with Todd all involved in that call. So it's going to be an incredible journey. We would love to have you be a part of it. Again, please reach out to me directly if you're interested, amber at selkingperformance.com, to submit an application and your interest. You're like, so what is the application? Really just reach out and let me know that you're interested. I will send you a PDF file. Um, of the program, of the outline, and and what we would need for your application on that. And again, we'll be going through those and selecting that final cohort going into April 29th. So let me know. We are so excited. Um, we just have seen the incredible impact that coming alongside as coaches with individuals, but even more so of, of building a like-minded team to go through that journey together. We've seen just the incredible impact that that can have, again, on individuals and on organizations. And so we want to open that up beyond our normal scope of clients um, to all of our listeners. And so, you know, we've got an individual in Europe toying with this idea. So if you're one of our outside of North America listeners, this is not exclusive to North America. Uh, We do only really speak English though. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll have that as a common language. Um, But otherwise, this is open to anybody in the world who's interested in, again, learning and growing in your mindset and leadership, coming along with like-minded professionals and getting pushed to be awesome. Listen, we're not here to like hold hands and sing kumbaya over the next six months with you. Like we're here to challenge you, to push you, to hold you accountable and to really generate a new sense of energy, passion, and purpose around who you are and what you're trying to accomplish in this world. So again, virtual coaching program, reach out to me directly if you're interested and let's get going because time waits for nobody. And, and we have too much as individuals to bring this world and purpose to serve. So if you want to, if you want a little kick in the booty and get turned up for this next season of life for you, uh, this is for you. We'd love to have you. So with that being said, again, going to dive in talking with Heather Macy here in just a second, but please reach out to us, amber at selkingperformance.com. And then again, all of this information is on our website as well, www.selkingperformance.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to my great friend and colleague, Ms. Heather Macy. Heather, thank you so much for being with us today. Holy cow, I am so glad to be here and really excited to not only chat with you, but be a part of the podcast. I already know that every one of our listeners is going to take so much from our conversation today. So just to give everybody a little background on how Heather and I intersected, we both had the opportunity to speak at True North's coaching clinic out in Colorado last year. And I gave a mental toughness talk and she talked about coaching. And I'll let you tell more about sort of the details of your conversation there. But immediately, the energy, the connection, the intensity with which you show up, Heather, I remember looking at the girls sitting beside I mean, I was like, dude, I wish I played college sports for this woman. She is incredible. So I already know that everybody today is going to just take so much um, from your experiences, from your insight, from your energy. And I am stoked to get this conversation started. So first of all, thanks for being awesome. (laughs) Well, first, I appreciate the compliment because coming from you, it is the ultimate compliment. Um, But I'm going to tell you something. When I have a passion for something, I think it comes out and it really shows. And uh, to have an opportunity to be involved with True North Sport, what a great uh, organization and, and the work that they do, and to be just a small part of that. And I was able to correlate how to become an elite performer 
uh, with uh, levels of emotional intelligence within sports. So that was a lot of fun. So let's start there, right, Heather? You have an incredible background and experience set of being a college women's basketball coach and now going out as an author and a culture coach. Uh, but, but take us back to that presentation because I think that, we're again, we're in season five here. We're talking about mindset for execution. And you were about, you were talking about how to show up as the best version of yourself and freaking deliver, which is all about mindset for execution. So what does that term mindset for execution mean to you? And then dive into a little bit of that emotional intelligence stuff, because I know that our listeners will find that fascinating. Well, throughout my coaching career, I've coached for 18 years now and winning is always what we did. And so we won championships. We made instant tournaments. We exceeded expectations at different universities in which I've been involved, but I always knew that there was something more, something beyond what we were doing with winning. And I'll be honest with you, it got to the point where I, I said, you know, I don't know what that is. And every summer I was in a constant growth mode where I was studying different leaders from military leaders, um, really outside of sport is what I would look for, whether I was studying Steve Jobs one summer and, and I would go into organizations and go, may I participate? May I sit in your meetings? And I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could because I wanted to make sure that I was able to bring more to the table to the teams that I was coaching. And so we won. And, and I'm very proud to say that, that I've won a lot of basketball games and been involved in a lot of incredible seasons, but never until I really dove in to EQ did I understand what that other element is. And for me, it's the secret sauce. It's the ability to really become high performers um, because we already recruit incredibly talented players and the athleticism is there. But to be able to refine that from the mental aspect and, you know, obviously what you do is, is well be, beyond. I mean, I'm talking about I'm just the basketball coach and to be able to learn it from I'm with them every second of every day. And how can I implement that right in the middle of that timeout? I'll just be honest, it was really game changing for us. And it, when we created that mental edge, it allowed our players to overachieve and it allowed the best players on our team to be even better. But it also brought, you know, for a basketball team, that number seven, eight, nine player up another level. So our entire basketball program was better once we really started attacking mindset. That's incredible. And, and I think that that's such a key point, right? You've got a whole group of people. And when you start with great talent to begin with, how do you optimize that? And so many programs do so much of the physical, technical and tactical training, but then you add the mental and the mindset training into it. And, and I love it. you said they can overachieve, right? So even if their physical, technical, tactical capability is what it is, the mental edge allows, they get it to, allows that to come over the hump. So the EQ part is really from a leadership side, right? And again, at the Selking Performance Group, we're all about understanding mindset and leadership to unleash performance excellence. And so you did the mindset training with the players, right? And then your leadership ability through your lens of EQ is what allowed those things to, again, optimize the performance of each individual and the collective team. Talk to us about what is EQ from, from your experience and understanding and how was that a game changer for you as the leader and coach of a program? Well, first, I think in corporate America, that term is used a lot. But within athletics, it's not a term that I had uh, heard or explored. And so I was introduced to EQ uh, through a friend of mine. And then all of a sudden, it kept showing up in my life. And it became, I, you know, I, I truly believe that it was the law of attraction. I got introduced to something from a, actually a lacrosse coach. And I think any coaches who are listening and you aren't diving outside of your sport, I think that you're making a huge mistake. I think that the other sports are really how you learn cutting edge information. And that's what happens for me. And then I was introduced to a neuroscientist, Dr. Izzy Justice. And he totally changed the way that I thought about it. Because in all honesty, I felt like that all of the mental side was total foo-foo is what I called it. Like, I don't want any of that soft, fuzzy stuff. I love you. Know, you I, and I love that all my coaches out there that think that keep talking, keep preaching, sister. <laughs> yes. And so I, I, as soon as he showed me a picture of the brain and said, here's, here's what's really happening when you're in the middle of competition. I understood that I had coached for 18 seasons with my amygdala's closed 
and totally in the red for our language, um, which and thus I wasn't thinking as clearly as what I could have been thinking to make end of the game situations. And so anyway, to, to kind of make a long story short, as I was introduced to that and I started going, this stuff is incredible because I was introduced from a, a neuroscience standpoint. I bought into it right away, but I also understood that it was a practice and it's something that, you know, I've talked about mentality and I've always talked about being mentally tough, but this is a whole nother level. This is, this is strategy with understanding how to uh, understand yourself. It's also the ability to understand other people and then the environment in which you're operating in. And that's in that, that coaching realm when you're in the middle of competition to understand that everyone's emotions are super heightened and how to handle those environments and into those situations. And I think it made me a much better basketball coach, but I practiced it for an entire year before I introduced it to my team. That's powerful. I mean, I just think that one, it says the humility of you as a leader to continue learning and growing, but then two, like, let me see if this works, right? A little self-study to buy in and really understand it. How did you go about um, from leveraging it yourself as a practice to introducing it to your team? Well, that journey for me, and, and we know that it is a practice. I mean, this is something that is trial and error to really understand it, to to go, what is my emotions and what, what's my emotion in this situation? You can't expect to help other people when you don't understand your own emotions or your own self. Heather, I absolutely love that because, you know, here at the Selkin Performance Group, we talk all the time about mindset and leadership, right? And how both of those things are really critical to optimize individual and team performance. And so you talked a lot about the mental training for the players. Talk to us more about that leadership side and specifically what you mean around this whole thing about EQ. Well, for me, just experimenting with EQ and understanding that I I didn't understand what EQ was. And I think a lot of coaches are the exact same way. That term is used way more in corporate America. And so all of a sudden, I just got introduced to something. And I learned that that this is something that I know is going to help me as a coach. And so I'm wondering how much is going to help each player. And so to really be able to dive in, to, to understand it, and so that I think that's what all good teachers do. You need to understand it so that you can teach it better is I went on a year-long journey after I was certified of literally practicing um, how, how do I understand my emotions? And am I able to then um, understand the emotions of other people? And what I learned is I wasn't very good at that. And so there were certain practices that I was able to do. I think I got better and better. And from there, and I was able to take my own emotional temperature, I introduced it to the staff. And so now the staff is going, oh, wow, like we've never heard these things. So really, it's so interesting in sport that it just isn't on the forefront as it is corporate America. That's like a point for me that I just think so much that all these interlapping disciplines um, that we can learn so much from other people. and We've got to go outside the box to be able to do that. But so the staff started doing the practices and we created a whole new language within our program about and how we talk and how we express ourselves uh, which helped with when we had issues uh, or when we had distractions come up within a season. So after a full year, implemented it with the staff and then right away with the players. And um, when you have all the adults really doing it, speaking this certain language, then you bring it into the team. The buy-in factor happened, happened more rapidly than I think it would otherwise. Uh, but the other part to all of that is it allowed our players to express their emotions. So you're talking about 18 to 22 year old kids that <laughs> we said, okay, you're, when you are in the red zone, then that means that you're angry and you're mad and you're sad and you're frustrated and you're all these types of emotions. And the key for us was that kids sometimes said they're angry, but really they were hurt. And mm-hmm. so it's difficult to determine that emotion necessarily in the beginning of this, but they know for sure that they are red. And so they can go, hey, coach, I'm red. And, and, and so that, that really and, allowed. So that's what you meant by saying, like, take your emotional temperature, right? I love that that phrase. And so the the scale or the thermometer was a red, yellow, green. Is that what I'm understanding? 
That's exactly what it is. As I was certified in EQ, Dr. Izzy Justice, and the book he wrote is Golf EQ, and and that's his that's his uh, color points in being able to describe this. But the other element besides just the players and everyone in our program being able to understand their emotional temperature is they're also that now through the training, learning the environment that they're going into. And so that really helped us. If we were going into a home visit, that was our big moment. We had to understand what the temperature of that home was. And I think it made us better to be able to communicate and to kind of really get down to how we can be an elite performer. Because my number one thing in all of the EQ work that we did, it was the number one objective is to become an elite performer. Well, for me, elite performers leave nothing to chance ever. And this is the secret sauce to leaving nothing to chance. If your number one meeting is at 10 a.m., you're going to be better prepared for that 10 a.m. meeting through what we were doing um, in our daily disciplines. I love that. That that is so awesome. And I think that piece too. You said you know we we uh, we had immediate buy-in, but yet you spent a year on yourself and the staff preparing for that. And I think that you know when we talk about mindset and leadership, these aren't things that like I, again you say the secret sauce. And I think when I just want to make sure our listeners don't hear that's it's the quick fix, right? Because it's not. These things take intentionality. Uh, they take deliberation. They take thoughtfulness in terms of bringing them to the forefront. And yet, if you do it intentionally, you can get further faster, right? So it does have a big impact, um, but we still need to be, again, that intentionality and bringing that mindset and leadership and understanding of EQ and emotions to the forefront. Can you give us an example or a story maybe of just like a heated moment, maybe in the midst of of an intense game or a timeout and how this all came to play to helping you and your team deliver a best performance in that type of environment and moment? Yeah, you've got it. So the the big thing for me with all of this side of it is I when I say the secret sauce, it's to be able to get we were already really good. And there was something on the other side of really good that I individually I had to get like really check myself as a coach as and I don't know if other coaches listening have been in this scenario. But why can't I get the team there? Why can't we win the big game? Why aren't we winning the big one? It's those kinds of things that it's not a new play that you draw up and it's not a new practice uh, drill. It becomes these kind of out external factors that are the large factors. One of the buy-ins with the players is I said, what do you think the, the game is physical to emotional? And they're like, Oh man, like 70, 30 was the, the lowest that I got. And I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, if it's 70, how much are we training this element in practice? And so this is how much I bought into it, is that we would do those practices. We, we started making the ratio make sense if we wanted to perform at a high rate and wanted to make sure that everyone was doing the same thing. And wow. it showed with the team, showed with the team. I'm going to tell you a quick one that tells you big picture. Once the buy-in was there, we had done it for a year. We had a, a junior college player that was so good. It was our first year with us, and she did not get to play, and when the one of the Get, you know, we maybe we were in November, we had played three games and she did not get to play at all. And the next day she doesn't show up for practice. Well, I mean, all of us play college sports. <laughs> you don't show up for practice the next day. That's pretty much you're done. Right. right? I mean, you, you just don't not show up for practice. And so we call, of, her, of course, initially everyone's just concerned that she's OK. Once we get past all of that, now we go, oh, man, like we could easily say she's mad about playing time. But I said to the team, I said, I've not talked with her and I'm going to before I see you tomorrow practice, but I just want you to let's talk through this a little bit. She's a really good player. That's just not ready right now. And I believe that she can help our basketball team win games. She's amazing for our program. She made a really bad decision. And one of the kids says, yeah, coach, but she was in the red when she made that decision. And you know that we make no decisions when we're in the red. That's one of the number one rules of this is when you're angry and you're upset and you're frustrated, you don't make these big decisions that you can't come back from. So I visited, I sat down with her. She agreed. She was like, I totally did. And you know what? I was just embarrassed. Everybody at home checked the stats or whatever, knew I didn't play. I'm an All-American coming here with all these big expectations. And I was embarrassed. Wow. And so we were able to just really get to her heart 
and our team's heart. And, and we grew so much connecting wise because we brought the kid back into practice. And now she had consequences for not coming, obviously. But as far as every all the other 14 players going, we know we get it and we're welcoming you back. And there wasn't all this messy residual problem. Legitimately, these players are now because they're understanding their own emotions. Now they're diving into I could their, their empathy. Basically, yeah, they can man. understand way better why why my teammate did that. And we love them, we forgive them, and we're going to move on from it. That is so powerful, right? Because I think a lot of times, I mean, we're athletes, we're competitors, and we like to like feel like we know what we're doing when we go into a situation. And we, we don't have an emotional language. Like these things aren't taught when you're young, right? And so because we often don't explain or understand emotions, then we just avoid them. And we uh, it, it's easier to just be angry with somebody or think that they're ridiculous than really understand that emotion. And like you said, have empathy in that space and imagine how much each one of those young women grew through that experience. And my guess is that as a program, your performance actually improved and cohesion as a unit improved after that experience as well. Am I, am I right or wrong? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Because this day and age, that would have been more like she made a mistake. She's taking my playing time. You know, you would get into a lot of different dynamics of how it affects the next person. But see, when you're you know, this is, I, I said earlier, I, I'm not really into the foo-foo stuff and this is going to a little bit sound like it, but honestly, when you're training their spirit and you're training the mm. heart of the athlete, it, it, it's way different what you're able to do for me on the basketball court together. When you're only training physical, it's very hollow. Now that I understand the other side of it, it is very hollow just to go and train the physical side of an athlete. I love that. When you are training their spirit and train the heart of an athlete, you can get so much more out of that human being, right? We talk we talk about winning sport, but more so winning in the life of a kid. And, and so I, I just really believe that humans have been wired to perform, wired to show up and deliver your best. And yeah, we want to do that in the midst of winning the game or the business. Um, but I just think as coaches and leaders, it's our responsibility to help people understand how to become the very best version of themselves and equip them with the the ability to show up and deliver that particularly when it's hard and and that's what we're talking about when we say a mindset for execution you know season two of the podcast was all about a championships mindset on fill in the blank right stress the start of a season the end of a season winning losing etc and now we're this whole season is built around a mindset for execution right not a mindset for preparation not a mindset for recovery a mindset for execution and and what you're talking about in terms of this emotional intelligence intelligence is really training people for a mindset to execute in the moment despite right what your emotional temperature might be because what i hear in your conversation too is okay if you identify you're in the red we need you to get to the yellow and back to the green can you share with our listeners maybe um some ways that you helped your girls uh, and your players learn how to because it's not okay okay i'm in the red i don't now i don't have to show for practice. Now I don't have to be a great teammate. Now I don't have to deliver, right? That's not the point of this. So talk us through how, how you get from red to green or, or what that dialogue was like in your locker room with around that topic of getting out of red. Well, there's a lot of techniques. The first is making sure that your life is designed green. So the assignment would have been go into your apartment, you know, in our homes, in your bedroom and create what things make you happy when you look at them, when you smell them, uh, when you hear it, it needs to all be green. There should be nothing around you that you're looking at that, that invokes a bad memory. Start with your bedroom. Then we go right into our lockers or our offices and we create the same thing to where it's a, it's a great memory. It's your wedding. Uh, It's your mom. It's your, you know, it's your kid when they're born and it's all things that make you really happy. So you walk into that space And as soon as you go in there, you have a great memory. So think about that when you go into your office and you're like, I hate my office. Oh, this happened here and that happened here. What have you? Well, literally, I'm like everything off the walls. We don't need any of these plaques. This is what I need in here. And one of my walls in my office was totally what I called a soul print wall. And one of my uh, former players is a great painter. And she came in and I, I took I had pictures 
of when I great things that happened, memories of mine from childhood on. And I handed them to her and I said, would you paint these? And so she started painting. And so for me, it was even more symbolic that it not only was it great memories for me, but who painted them mattered. So all that became very important to me as much so that getting ready for practice, I had a, a green playlist and it's the music you most enjoy. And it's not necessarily the, what gets you hyped up music. It's music that you go, I love that song. Like when that song comes on, that makes me smile. That's what you're looking for. Because when I did the training, like I said, when I did the, did it for a year, things I learned when I, when I did the initial, Hey, what's your favorite music, Heather? I said, John Mayer. And so here I go. Here's my John Mayer playlist. And I started to learn, like, that doesn't make me smile. I like John Mayer when I'm at the beach having a glass of wine with friends. But it's music that makes me smile, I like old school rap. That makes me happy. It reminds me of when I'm in eighth grade, you know? Yes. Um, so you learn about yourself, too. So these are things that are helping you create positive. All we're doing is we're recruiting dopamine. I mean, let's be honest what we're doing positive emotions. And the the other part that I think is so powerful and there's so much to it, I want to give really good content here, is that it's much easier to remove a perceived negative than it is to add more positives. And so we went into the staff and I go, what are perceived negatives for you guys? Because as the leader, it's hard for me to, I I don't see it as an, that's right. And they said, you know what? We hate wearing the same thing at practice, like, like them looking the same because sometimes the shirt's not clean or a hundred practices in a basketball season, like it kind of, you know, whatever. I, I don't know the details, but it doesn't matter. That was their perceived negative. And you know what? That was an easy adjustment mm-hmm. for me to go, Hey, no problem. Just make sure you've got on college gear. Right. And they still look sharp and they still look neat. And I removed that negative. I couldn't have taken those guys to lunch or bought them nice enough Christmas gifts to negate the fact that for a hundred practice was probably by number, you know, 70, they're like, this is ridiculous <laughs> that I'm when I need them to perform at their best at the end of the year. Right. They're you worried know, they're about their uniforms. What that's exactly <laughs> right. And the, the other one I want to just mention is called a mishap card. And so this is the ability to remember elite performers leave nothing to chance ever. So we're going to go ahead and talk about things that, could go wrong. And if this happens, here's going to be our behavior. Here's going to be our response to it. So for players, it would be, I left my headphones for the road game. That would be a mishap for them for sure. Or my favorite socks. And they would say, okay, here's a mishap and here's my solution. Well, I'm going to go ahead and my extra pair of headphones, I'm going to pre-pack in my bag. So if (laughs) I ever forget mine, there's always another. So it also allows us for young people to help them remove some of the mishaps that their day just got going busy and they're irresponsible, right? Um, but it also allowed them to put kind of rules and parameters around their life with their family. And they go, you know, what a mishap for me is when family member calls me with bad news right before the game. And so our major thing is you only get 30 games a year. I mean, in football, even less. Right. And so how can these not be precious moments because you train 365 days for 30 moments. And so communicate with your friends and your family and say, Hey, can we put these parameters around? Like after shoot around, I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode and just get into the zone and listen to music and whatever's going on. Can we just wait until after the game? Or if it's really, really important, then you could you call, you know, our director of basketball operations to reach me because my phone's going to be on airplane mode. You know, they just put some of those parameters in and by discussing it with their families and saying, hey, mom and dad, like, I want to be the best I can be. And I, I've already worked a lot on my jump shot. And right now I'm going to work on my focus and I'm going to work on being the best emotional version of myself when I step onto the court and how I'm able to respond when negative things occur. Because what we know is if you walk onto the court and you're already in a bad mood and you're, you're just about red already just because you've not had the best day. The first missed shot is going to set you off and it's going to go in the wrong direction. So we've got to throughout the day prepare for when you must be at your best. If that's at seven o'clock, then everything you do from the time you wake up leading up to seven o'clock, you've got to prepare to be elite in that moment. 
Wow, that I mean, listeners, if you did not write down a ton of notes like I just did, you're crazy because there's so much greatness in that. And it is so applicable to every aspect of life, whether you're in basketball, football, school, teaching, school, business, or just life in your family. Like imagine if you had mishap cards, right? And talk through that stuff about your marriage or talk through that stuff about your kids or or your relationships with your closest family members. Like imagine the health that we can breathe into a family, a team, an organization, or a community. I mean, Heather, that is incredible. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. You know, I, I think that I'd love to sort of shift our conversation a bit from your world as a basketball coach. Um, and, and now you're sort of in a new season of life. Can you talk to us about what that new season is and how you've really uh, had to tap into that mindset for execution in this next season as you pursue your life as, a, as an author and a culture coach? Well, first, I would tell you that I've um, I've been utilizing these things even more during this transition period. And I think it has allowed me to bounce back quicker. You know, I talked to a lot of coaches who transition away from coaching and they have a really hard time. And I'm, I'm telling you, it is a years if before I feel like that they are emotionally healed. Um, and, and really, that has not been my experience at all. I have been way more like, hey, I have learned so much. And I know that my skill set is very transferable. And I have said a long, long time ago that I have never been quite sure why God said, hey, a little five, three white woman, we want you to be a basketball coach. But that's where my that's where my 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 message was or my um, purpose was supposed to be doing that. And and, and as I, I did that, I started to learn like, man, I. I can I can influence and I can impact more than just 15 at a time. And I'm able to now get into corporations and uh, schools, and which has been just absolutely amazing for me. And then I finished a book. I didn't just write a book. I think it's important to clarify. Um, I didn't finish coaching and then write a book. I had started the book while I was still coaching. And gotcha. um, we went we made sure we finished the book. And I'm really proud of it. The, the, the process of writing a book was more difficult than I could have ever imagined. And it took endurance and it took uh, fighting through obstacles. A lot of sport things came into play when I wanted just to throw the project out the door, especially when you start, you know, facing can't do it that way or can't pull that off or a lot of no's. Um, and my number one thing is turn no's into yeses. And so <laughs> I had to just keep coaching myself over and over again until we were able to get the project completed. And we did. And, and, uh, on the, the first release, we were the number one sales on Amazon during that week. That so I'm is very awesome. proud of that. Well, tell, title the book. I mean, I've mentioned it already in the intro, but talk to us a little bit about the book. Let's put a little plug in here for it too. And we'll make sure to uh, check out the episode notes on this show as well. And we'll have a link to Amazon so our listeners can check it out, but give us a, give us an overview. Well, the book is two feet forward every day, uh, lessons in leadership and, I'm very proud of the book because I think it's relating to everyone. This is not just sports. This is not just um, kids. I think that this there's things in this book that's for everyone. And to be honest with you, it's my truth. And I think I'm, uh, I was nervous. I was really nervous because there's some parts in there that um, are, I'm very vulnerable. I'm going, I messed this up. Here's, a, here's what I did. And I'm doing it from a place of, don't do the same thing I did. I was a 26 year old head coach that had no idea what she was doing. Here's some of the ways I messed up, learn the lessons from me. Um, and I, I just really am, am proud of the project. Um, the response obviously makes you feel like, okay, well we did good, but I know it took a team to write the book. So when I say that, I'm saying when you see the illustrations in the book, uh, a former player did the illustrations the cover, the back cover, former player designed. Um, when you get to the back of the book, there's eight. I coached for 18 seasons. And so there's 18 either assistant coaches or coaches who wrote a message. That's of, powerful. Well, and it made it feel like a team that did it. Like when, when really putting it all together is so cool to have all those people kind of send their stuff and go, wow. And I'm going to tell you, when, even for the illustrations, I sent the rough, rough version. I was like, hey, and here's the chapter title and just let her draw 
And so even to see what she read and what she was able to draw, there was no adjustment. I was like, that was, she, it's really cool as a coach to see. And, and these kids played for me 10 years ago, 15 years ago (laughs) to see them still take those things out of it and be able to transfer that over. Um, and then I've gotten a lot of responses like, coach, I'm so glad you put that in a book because you used to talk about it at practice all the time. And I could never go back and really remember, you know, the details of some of the things, you know, that, that I've talked about in the book, but, uh, it's for everybody. And it's a really simple, easy read. It's, it's obviously not very, um, um, intimidating. You know, my hope was something that you could, you're going on an airplane ride from New York, uh, to LA and you're able to finish the book. That was kind of my goal in it. And I think that, that we accomplished that with 15 chapters. And then I did a bonus section where I'm going to, I talk a little bit about the EQ experience that we've addressed here in the podcast. That, that's awesome. So check that out. Two feet forward, everyday lessons in leadership by Heather Macy. Again, that'll be down in the episode notes. It's awesome. I, I, uh, it's ordered. I have not dove into it yet, but I am very, very excited to, um, and, you know, I, I just think that, again, being able to read your heart and your mind and have those words in front of you to go back and constantly reflect on um, is, is why books are so powerful. So I just want to say thank you, too, for for putting your heart out there and for taking the time and the discipline. Um, you know, consumers of books, right, we sit down and read it. And, and I just, you know, to think and reflect on what goes into getting all of that out um, so that people can continue to learn and grow themselves is just incredible. So thank you um, for, for doing that for us. Um, mindset for execution, Heather, what are some of the things that you're employing today um, to show up and deliver? Well, mindset is everything. And when I look at that, one of the biggest things that, that I think helps with mindset is when issues and dramas present themselves to us every day, we must choose to see that as a distraction from our goal. That's it. You can't see it as more than that because you get wrapped up in it and you get tied up in it and you you get into a pity party and then your mindset's terrible. So for me, mindset becomes when when issues and, and dramas happen in my life, I see those simply as a distraction from my goal and I move on from them so that it really doesn't distract me from my goal too long. Now, I also have two other rules um, as far as the execution so that we, you know, m- my thing with execution is moving forward. You, you don't get bogged down or you're not executing it. So one, there is no try in my world. And so much so that I am aware if I say the word, it, it hits me wrong. If I go, oh, I'll, I'll try to do that for you. Well, what I'm really telling you is I'm not going to do that. I know that. And I'm, if, if I say to you, I'm going to do that then you know I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to say, I'm not going to do that. I love and I'm going to be very clear e- each way. And so we, we started the same uh, with our group because it was too many of us, especially, especially with the adults in an office environment. It's very office savvy for everyone to say, oh, I'll try to get that back to you by Friday. Well, they're not handing that back to you by Friday because they were going to try to do that. So they think it's okay on Monday morning to put it on your desk. When the rest of us probably heard, I'm going to have it on Friday. But that little caveat is the the exit strategy. So I love that. Wait, pause, everybody. Holy cow. Like, burn the boats. Don't give yourself an exit strategy. Execution is about freaking execution, right? Not the try. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting jacked up. I love it. Thank you so much for saying that. That is, that's short and punchy and powerful. And if we really think about how often that shows up in our lives, like you said, it gives us an exit strategy and and we just need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Right. That's yeah, good. No sorry. I just wanted it. to highlight that. I, no, that was powerful. Listen, for me as a Southern woman, Trust me, that is us saying we are not going to do something. <laughs> Every time we say, uh, we'll try to swing by, you know, because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, right? So we'll try to do it, uh, but we're really not going to do it. And so that is a powerful thing. We would say, with, if we had each other, we would show each had each other level of accountability in our office if we would express ourselves in that way. And we learned how to switch our vocabulary around. We just did not use the term try 
um, in our office environment. And then it went through to the team. And it was a huge mindset adjustment uh, based upon our vocabulary. That's that's awesome. Okay, so that was rule number one. There is no try. What's rule number two? No matter what you do, you give it everything you've got every single time. So I have the players and staff give them a simple task, and I say, I want you to jump over that broom, walk to the other side, and you can go get in the back of the line. And everybody just kind of trots over it and barely does it. And I go, if you walked in every single day to your classroom, to our office, or to the basketball court, and your, your, your rule is, I'm going to give it everything I got every single time, what would life look like for you? Show me now how you would jump over that broom. And they're like long jumping over the broom. And I go, why can't we do the same thing instead of showing up every day because you're supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock? Just show up at 8.05 and 8.00 because you're not doing it with everything you've got. When you, when you show up with everything you've got, you have pre-planned what you're going to do that day. You have a plan of execution. You are, you've already got your lunch packed. You've got plenty of time to get your best outfit on, put your best shoes on, and show up in the best version to know that if someone asks you to do something very, very simple, that you're going to give it everything you've got, you're going to stand out on a basketball court, you're going to stand out in corporate America, you're going to stand out no matter where you are because society is doing the bare minimum every single day and barely getting over that broom. So Average is so gonna, acceptable, so acceptable. Uh, it's an easy way to fit in, you know, but I'm not interested in fitting in. I want to stand out. And if you want to stand out, then you go give it everything you've got, no matter the most simple thing you execute it at the most highest level that you, whatever is your best, you do that. And so I, the reason I do the broom is because they've got to understand. I'm not asking you just the big project to be great at. Yeah. I'm talking about the homework assignment. I'm talking about the reading and the extra reading that your professor is asking you to do. You do it because you're going to get everything you've got in every area of your life. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. You know, I'm even just I'm even just checking myself, right? In this moment of thinking, you know, am I am I bringing it like that every single day? And and you know, in my current self-reflection in the moment right now, you know, I'm thinking the moments that I'm not are because I feel like um sometimes I I fill my bandwidth too full. (laughs) And so it makes that hard. And that's not an excuse. That's a that's a reality check in saying, you know, again, as high performers, we often just take on and take on and take on instead of being really, really disciplined, and what we allow to uh, allow to fill our lives and and what we're going after. So for myself, I know that I'm going to go back and reflect and think through, you know, what is all on my agenda and my plate right now. And remove the things that are not really laser focused on who I'm trying to be and what I'm trying to serve in this world so that I can do that better, right? And as leaders, I think we got to be mindful of that um, because we have to model this type of intentionality, intensity um, in everything that we do if we expect those around us to, to show up with that level of discipline and focus as well. So, wow, thanks for that as well. Uh, this is this is incredible. I'm learning a ton today and uh, thanks for pushing me, Heather. This is what good friends and and colleagues and coaches are all about everybody. So if you don't have a person like Heather in your corner, you need to get one. Um, Because when I talk to her, when I talk to the the people that are on my performance coaches on the team, I mean, it makes me think like, dang, I thought I was doing some good stuff. I got a step I gave up, right? Uh, And we all need those people in our lives. So thanks for doing that. Heather, the last piece that we always have on our show with our guests is giving our listeners some championship mindset training, things that they can do to build their own championship mindset, their own mindset for execution. You've given us a ton of stuff throughout the course of the podcast that I think we can all apply to our lives. So you can feel free to share one of those things that you want to put out there. If you've got something else that you think that we should all be doing to, again, help build that championship mindset in ourselves, what would that be? I think it's a lot about self-care. And this is a point that I wrote in the book. I think it's important to address, especially with us type A, high achiever type personalities, is that you've got to recognize when it's time to go get ice cream and when it's time to celebrate the small successes. Because I I was that person 
we accomplished something and I go, okay, check. We should have accomplished it. What's the next thing to check off? And just so driven that, that I didn't enjoy a lot of, of the process that happened. And, and from that, you know, I experienced a level of fatigue and burnout. Um, I also learned that through self-care um, to make sure that I have some longevity is who I surround myself. And you, you mentioned it just a few seconds ago, but it's that inner circle. And you've got to, you, and that's tough. That can be tough because it could be, you know, one of your best childhood friends or, or, or someone who lives in the same home as you do. But you've got to surround yourself with like-minded individuals that elevate you. Because what I have learned is that if you'll be around people who elevate you, then you'll turn and you'll elevate them. And then, then it just becomes a stair step up, 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 up. And you're constantly rising to the occasion. And then what I know is fact is that that's how growth occurs. And, and there's a lot of self-satisfaction in knowing that you were the best you could possibly ever be. Uh, and that, that you weren't taking hits and not, you know, not bouncing back because the bounce back ability uh, is a key factor as well. That is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather Macy. Heather, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your insights. Um, they've been huge for me. And so if nobody else gets anything out of this, I am at least going to grow from it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, no, thank you, because what you're doing is making a huge difference. I am a regular listener to the podcast because it, it helps me adjust and to narrow my focus and my mindset going into my day. So I do it a lot when I'm outside walking the pub. I'll listen to you guys and you've got great people on and not, not I appreciate being on and included in that group, obviously, but what you're doing and your work is unbelievable. And I'm so thankful to call you a friend because you elevate me every day. Thank you so much. And thanks for being with us today. Again, on Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast, please check us out. We're on all the social media platforms. So we're on Twitter at Champ Mindsets, on Instagram at Selking Performance, and on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And if you could rate and review us on iTunes, that's huge just for our sponsors um, to continue bringing you great free content and get these incredible people on. Uh, she's doing it for free. She's not getting paid. She's just awesome. So <laughs> if at some point along the way we can actually compensate our guests through our sponsorships, that'd be even more awesome. Um, but that's just, just really important for that reason. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If you need anything, or again, if you're interested in joining the virtual coaching program for our first cohort launching um, on April 29th and, and concluding during one of the home football, one of the early home football games this fall, please reach out. Hit me up am directly at amber at selkingperformance.com. And again, just let me know your interest and, and I can send you the application for that. Again, we're keeping it small, 10 to 12 people to be a part of this incredible new and great adventure that we have here at Selkin Performance Group to just again come alongside of you equip you and put some like-minded professionals in your corner like we've talked about today to elevate your game to step it up to, to show who you are and, and what you can bring to this world. And again, we're, we're launching this to help come along you on that journey. So if you're interested, let us know. Again, Amber at SelkingPerformance.com. Thanks again for being with us on Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.